When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Tuesday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Ewan Taylor, and tonight I am joined by the insert someone offensive and insert someone even more offensive than the Terrace. It's Sean McGurgan and Duncan McKay. Evening, gentlemen. Hello there. How are you getting on? Hello, Ewan. Hello. Hello. Uh, so now in tonight's show, we were going to cover a game hosted in a place that over recent years has shown scant regard for minorities, little respect for women, and a 19th century approach to workers' rights. But ultimately, Clyde against Falkirk didn't quite make the cut. Um, however, we are going to cover three Scottish Roller League slobber knockers that took place in the weekend just past. Uh, and why don't we start with Sean's boys, Wraith Roberts, who fell to a quite silly 5-2 defeat at home to Queen's Park. Sean, ah, what happened? Aye, aye, it was quite silly. I uh, actually wasn't in attendance at this one, thankfully. And I, I don't know, see if I had been, see if I had been, I'd, I would have found this quite funny. Like, I would have yeah. been able to take, like, funny elements of the game. You've just conceded five goals at home to Queen's Park. And that, like, certainly when the fifth goal went in, probably the fourth, I would have laughed. You see, when you know at the game and you're just getting kind of bare facts <laughs> sent to your phone. Yeah. I, I, I just spent a good chunk of the afternoon, like, swearing at a screen, which I wouldn't have been doing if I was at the game. Uh, but I, a, a really, really weird game. Mm. Yeah. No, I, wasn't, I wasn't dismayed by how Rovers played. Uh but I, I do think that like, I remember when Owen Coyle was appointed Queen's Park manager and I think a lot of people were like, eh. like I don't think Queen's Park fans were particularly excited. I, I think a lot of other fans of other clubs thought it wasn't necessarily a, a great appointment. But he seems to be doing really well. And like even on even on Saturday there, like previously this would, like Wraith under McGlynn, if you got in their faces, you, you would have them rattled and they would struggle. And I think this season, they still have players that could play through you. But certainly recently, their wing-backs have been pushed up, which is one of the main reasons that they, they managed to win four in a row. And Brad Spencer was dictating things. And certainly on Saturday there, they didn't allow the wing-backs to get forward. Or sorry, they didn't allow the full-backs to get forward. Uh, Brad Spencer was pretty much man-matched throughout the game. And although they created chances, aye, some of them were good chances, but a lot of them were kind of like half chances. And I, I just thought Queen's Park... Uh, I thought they played us really well uh, and were and ultimately were clinical. So as much as Wraith had more chances, more possession, Queen's Park kind of looked like they were worthy winners in the end. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about like I've not seen if if they're even available, but you know, XG stats because you, know, you know the bear stats were that Wraith had uh, twenty shots and thirteen on target, and, and Queen's Park had ten shots and five on target, but. I, I would have said that a lot of the, the Queen's Park chances were better. Obviously, Murray's um, second is just a you know, tap in on the line. Um, I don't think Wraith had any chances anywhere near as clear as that. Um, I mean, the first goal hey, by Aidan Conley, just another one for the collection, just an absolute belter. Um, and uh, there's a few, you know, I think Vaughan had a few shots from outside the box as well. Uh, and But yeah, you didn't really, I, I wouldn't say you were, you were carving Queen's Park open as such. No. No, no, very much so. And I, I think, I wouldn't say I was necessarily concerned as such, uh, but you know when I, you know when a, a team has, has like two extremes, and what I mean by that is uh, Wraith have been very good at home, uh, defensively pretty good, and if they take the lead, they've pretty much always see the game out. Now, on Saturday, none of, those, none of those things happened. But up until recently, Wraith fans have been saying, right, you know something, we're good at home, we're pretty poor away, if we can just start picking up points away from home will absolutely be in the, the promotion mix. But when you've got those extremes, the opposite is also true. So see if they start having a like pretty poor home form without picking up points away from home, then suddenly they're 
not necessarily going to be in the mix at the bottom of the league, but certainly it wasn't that long ago that, that there wasn't that much of a difference between them and Cove and Arbroath. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a blip. And they, they, they seem to play reasonably well on the day and certainly then they get a stroke of luck. I mean, two deflections of Liam Dick doesn't, doesn't really help matters. But uh, I am... I, I, I feel they need a, I feel they need quite a convincing win against uh, Ochen Lake this this weekend to uh, to kind of maybe get back on track. But I, I, ultimately, I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be in the top four equation uh, come the end of the season. Uh, I, I think they're a team that is still a work in progress. I almost feel like they're just not quite. They know the finished article, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, I um, I was just going to say I. I've, I very much enjoyed, um, I think it was the day after, I didn't, didn't quite do a post-match interview, but Ian Murray talked about the fact that um, if you concede five at home, you're going to struggle to, to get a result. <laughs> and I was like, well, uh, that, that, I, think that happened, I think that happens in away games as well, but uh, you concede five, it's always going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah, yeah that'd be, that's the first point of order for the next week, I would say. Try not to concede five goals and uh, you know, take it from there. Um, but yeah, I thought the, the, the first Thomas goal was an odd one, and ter- it did take a deflection. But I, I thought the deflection should have actually took it like closer to Jamie McDonald than it would have otherwise, and he just like sort of fell over. Jamie McDonald was uh, there was there was a bit of chat about Jamie McDonald after this game. I I don't know, I don't know how much of it was was totally warranted. I. Certainly, the, the see the equaliser, Simon Murray. I mean, it was a well taken free kick. It wasn't. It's not as if it was in the postage stamp. In terms of how the wall set up, some of the and I'm, I, I think it went high enough over the wall uh, for to make a jump irrelevant. But no, everybody jumped. So maybe maybe that maybe that might have helped matters whether they could have jumped high enough to deflect it over. I'm not sure. But it kind of felt like when he was running up to take it, there was only one place that the ball was going. But McDonald still mm-hmm. yeah. didn't. McDonald didn't seem to be aware of it, whereas everybody else did. In terms of goal, much on either. I nah, nah, uh, I mean it was a, a good finish, but I, I did think it was savable. In terms of the second one, it's difficult to tell because it kind of goes through a crowd of players. It does, it does deflect off Liam Dick. It definitely wrong foots him. But you're right; he seems to roll. He just seems to roll backwards. And I think, I think the one, I, I thought the one that he was definitely at fault for was, I believe it was the third one. Where Wraith Rovers had like, like pretty much everybody in their own penalty area, but still somehow yeah. managed to not mark Simon Murray. But as the yeah. ball gets fired across, gets fired across goal, Jimmy McDonald dies for it. He actually he gets his hand to it, but just just doesn't get enough of a hand to, to stop it. I, I thought that was the one that he was. He definitely could have looked at himself and, and done a bit better. But there was another couple where I was, oh, that doesn't look quite so great. And if a team's only getting five shots on target and all of them go in, yes. then I suppose you're like, oh, <laughs> come on, come on, Jamie, save some of them. Yes. I, okay. I, I would say on that on that third goal, it, the, the, <laughs> it's just maybe an element of Jamie McDonald not quite believing his eyes that, that Wraith could have nine players back and yet not one of them thought it might be an idea to follow um, the runner um, the, the 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 you know, it's not as if Simon Murray's kind of a, a shy and retiring presence that that might just you know sneak it sneak up at you like it was it's always fairly obvious where he's going to go. So he's also yeah, a, he's also think, a, yeah. he's also a bright ginger pest. So how you wouldn't yes. how you wouldn't see him at the back post? I'm not sure. I, I don't actually know if they maybe had too many people back. It was like right, we've got nine. There's nine of us. Must, uh, someone else will be doing it. Must yeah, be absolutely fine. Like, it's often when you're playing uh, sevens or whatever, you've got you've got one man advantage. You end up losing to the team with six because you just assume that someone else is going to do the do the the marking. You know, like, all oh, right, it's not actually that much of a team effort. I, th- I think from um, a I think from a Wraith perspective, and it's it's really really frustrating. And I, I, I said this when I saw we went two one down just before half time. I thought the issue with this is he'll give it until about the sixty fifth minute, and then he'll he'll play about five up front, and like he just and there is something. There is something admirable about the fact that he goes so gung ho, but he goes gung ho very, very early in games, and like this, occasionally when they're only a goal down, like he changes the entire system, uh, and just goes very, very, very attacking. And every single time he's done it, I think he's now done it maybe five times this season. It's made matters worse. I don't think they've ever, well, sorry, they scored on Saturday to be fair, but they were already five one down at that point. Uh, and and like you'd think. Like, let's say you had a sore eye, and you think to yourself, "I've got a really sore eye. I think I'll, I think I'll prod it really hard with my finger." Like, 
and it doesn't make. Was that your approach to your recent eye issues, Sean? In this? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's sure. right, getting a bit. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Like, like once you've done that once, you think, right? I, I, I didn't like that at all. That was that was awful. But he just he just continues to do it time after time after time, prodding himself in the eye and making matters considerably worse. And he, he kind of done it exactly, done it exactly uh, the, the same way again on Saturday. I think eventually we had three up front after about seventy minutes, and I appreciate by that point we're really chasing the game, but to to change everything. Uh, to withdraw Brad Spencer, who is the player that kind of gives the team a bit of balance, like suddenly you just kind of lose the midfield at that point and then ultimately you lose the game. And every time he does it, that's what happens and it's very, very frustrating. Yeah, Lewis Vaughan, is that his first 90 minutes since he came back? Yes. Uh, yeah. Aye, so first start on Saturday, we were surprised to see him. Uh, to be fair, Connell, uh, who they have on loan from Kilmarnock hasn't really set the heather alight since he since he joined on loan. I was still surprised that Vaughan that Vaughan started more surprised uh, that he that he lasted the full ninety. Uh, from from what I could gather, it well, I, I think it's a, a, a kind of obvious point to make that he's that he's still not much fit. But I, I was surprised that he remained on for that full ninety. Uh, and I, I, I think perhaps the writing is on the wall. The fact that you're desperate for goals and they still don't bring on the six foot seven Faroese <laughs> blunderbuss. He, he doesn't get off the bench. Uh, even though you have a, an injury prone Lewis Vaughan, uh, j- just leave them on for the full 90. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah there is still. That he wasn't going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> there is still. Uh, there's still wee. There's still wee examples of Vaughan that he is uh, still a, a, an excellent player, but I, I, I think they'll need to kind of wean him through games uh, 15 mm-hmm. minutes, 20 minutes, half hours here and there. Uh, I, I don't think he's ready to be starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought he had, you know, had a few wee dribbles. He looked like he was moving pretty well. You know, he didn't look like a guy that you know you're basing the highlights. You know, that uh, missed as much football as he has, obviously. But as you say, well, I think as you said in, on the podcast with the with Craig recently, like you know, if if you run him into the ground, then again, then you'd have to suspect the same thing. You know, might might happen, unfortunately. So. Hopefully that doesn't. But um, but yeah, so that was uh, that was the game at Starks Park. Um, but perhaps we move on to uh, another game with seven goals. Perhaps the game of the Scottish football season so far, arguably, uh, which was Edinburgh City uh, against Alwa. So Edinburgh City, or rather FC Edinburgh, or rather Edinburgh uh, for uh, <laughs> I think they eventually Alwa uh, Athletic three. Uh, Alwa taking uh, a three goal lead after seventeen minutes. Uh, and then uh, Edinburgh coming back to uh, win 4-3. Um, I mean, so I got, uh, I've seen, seen the highlights, but I also got extensive notes from my, my good friend, Alistair Mancrief, um, who you may have listened to on a previous Patreon episode we did where we discussed the sort of, mainly the, the sort of off-pitch travails that uh, Edinburgh had at the start of the season with the move to, to Meadowbank and then and also the, the name uh, Farago, amongst other issues, um, it does seem that they've turned a bit of a corner off the park. Uh, so they've uh, obviously, well, I would say sorted the name because I noticed on BBC they still call them <laughs> FC Edinburgh, but I can't really complain about that given that I, I called them the wrong name, two different wrong names. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they're just going by Edinburgh, which is I don't think it's a fantastic name, but it's less embarrassing than uh, sounding, I would say, than FC Edinburgh. Um, and uh, they've also, I think, sorted out some, the, well, they've, they've lowered ticket prices, which was a big uh, board of contention, given how uh, ill-suited Meadowbank currently is for uh, viewing uh, football at, albeit I think they are trying to, to fix that as well, but that might be a longer-term thing. Um, so so having that, that was why uh, Alistair was there, uh, having uh, sort of said he wouldn't be back until he's worked some things, but they have now sorted them. Um, and, and what game to be back for. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if you saw the highlights, but the uh, the first three goals for Alba were all, basically all came from corners and all were a result of, of them just being quite a bit bigger, I would say, than, than Edinburgh and maybe exposing <laughs> a bit of, uh, bit of an issue. I, mean, the, uh, I think it's the second goal. I, I don't think it, it was, goes down as a, a as a goal for Donnelly and, and, and BBC. I, I'm pretty sure it's an own goal from handling. Cause, and I, I've never seen anyone do this before, but he's on the line and he heads the ball onto the bar and then back off his own head and into the net, which I, 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 I enjoyed that. 
I, I, I thought it was an own goal. I, I, I knew at the time that it was it was credited to Donnelly, but I must admit I didn't go back and check after watching the after, after watching the the goals. But I, I definitely thought it was an own goal. I did, uh, I did enjoy, uh, I did enjoy Robbie Much's attempt at saving the third, where it was like, <laughs> yes, it was like he just, it's like he's suddenly just been caught with some kind of serious affliction and just fell over, and then the ball just bounce, <laughs> the ball just bounces over him. But yeah. I, 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 I took from this game that. That Edinburgh cannot defend corners based on the three goals that they conceded, and and one thing I would really I, I wish there was a, a camera set up in the crowd, but there was maybe at least two Aloha fans that were audible uh, when the third goal went in, who were really reveling in the fact that they were seeing yeah. <laughs> and really kind of well, bumming up as as you would after twenty minutes uh-huh. away I, from home. Don't get like, me wrong, yeah. I, I could understand why they were excited, but there was one boy that was really like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'd yeah. love to see what you were up to when it went four <laughs> three. <laughs> yes, that would have been that would be quite uh, quite fun. So, but I mean, by uh, I, I mean, I don't think it didn't seem that Alwa actually had uh, been that great to be three up. But obviously, you know, the, the, if you score this, basically the same goal three times with, with various uh, <laughs> yeah. issues uh, from Edinburgh and, and, and amongst all that, then then fair enough. Um, but Edinburgh obviously came back into it. Probably saved a lot of the crowd going to the pub at halftime by uh, scoring in the 36th minute to get, get a goal back. So Ryan Shanley getting his first. A lovely finish, this one, um, where he sort of scores the keeper up and then uh, sort of fakes to, uh, fakes to go back post and then uh, hooks into the front post. So, so that was it. He, he appeared to be the, the only one on the pitch that didn't think he was offside yes. as well I think that was that, that, <laughs> I, I would like to have seen I mean yeah it's not it's not the best camera angle um, albeit I think, not, that, I think that I think that's that's, that's very plight of you and it is absolutely abysmal for having any sort of almost like, I was about to mention that on the, the race pictures I've been to Starks Park it does not have a it, 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 a spirit level is needed in that uh, area to, to get your camera because it does not slope as much as that on, as the highlights would suggest but yes, uh, yeah, the Meadowbank uh, uh, broadcast facilities are maybe not quite yes. up to. They're fitting with the rest of the ground. Yeah. I suppose. We'll come on to some uh, some even more spectacular camera work I think, in, the, in the third <laughs> game. Camera <that we're, laughs> work is really something. Um, but uh, but yeah, so obviously, Sandberg uh, get back into then ten just for a thing, um, and uh, and then really kicks off uh, in the second half. Uh, so uh, Shanley scores again um, another decent goal uh, and then instantly almost instantly Alwa get a penalty wasn't entirely clear what it was for but I mean there was a coming there was a coming together there was a coming together um, but uh, so it could have been it could have been outside the box as well, well yes. from, from, yeah. I, I was really hoping that they would that the, they would just leave the highlights for the next few seconds because I mean, it, it looked like there was a. It looks like he gave it the free kick as well at one point. But, but, I but thought, that's just it. Was yeah. like, yeah. like the foul. So I thought it was only like a tug, and it looked like it was like pretty deep in the penalty area. I mean, it was if it was if if that was the foul, it was clearly in the penalty box. However, they then it looks like he starts to draw the like the line with the foam, and then even the commentator goes, "I think initially goes, oh, that's a penalty." Then he goes, "Oh no, it's a is it a free kick." But and then, then instantly, it's yeah, yeah, instantly it just changes to I'm about to take the penalty, and it was very frustrating to to see what the referee done next because the referee even looked like he was very confused as to what was happening. Yes, yes, uh, and this is a referee uh, that's taken uh, Premier League games or Premiership games rather um, normally. Um, so uh, that doesn't mean he's any good, though. No, it does not. It does not. <laughs> uh, so, so he misses. Uh, so, well, yeah, well, uh, Steph School misses the penalty. Good save from from much um, to give him his due after his his issue with the, the third goal, um, and uh, and then five minutes later, a uh, horror tackle you'd have to say uh, from from O'Donnell uh, and uh, on on Lee Hamilton and the red cards by the halfway line. Didn't see many need to make the tackle. Um, Strange. And, uh, a player who. Yeah. A player who likes a card, so I think he's had, I think he's had five bookings, and that's his first uh, red card this season. So he's somebody who uh, kind of isn't scared of a challenge, but it felt like a, it was a very, very unnecessary one. And although, although uh, 
I, I think it cost them a game. It already felt like the game was drifting away from uh, for Alloa at that point. Bear in mind, they didn't even look particularly dominant when they were racing into that three goal lead from their from their kind of set pieces. But the, the momentum was the momentum was all with uh, Edinburgh at that point. Aye, after that, and again, you could, you're maybe just judging it from the highlights, but uh, even before that, it seemed as if Edinburgh were just running uh, Alloa with with freedom. But now you you take another another player off and it's uh yeah very uh, like it just became like uh, well obviously there might be slight home, home biases in, in terms of uh what is edited to to show you in the highlights but um yeah it just looked a bit like it was uh Ennis Murray or, or Danny Hamling or, or um James Cregan on the ball all the time uh just running it running it at Alloa defenders yeah I think it was uh Cregan and, and Murray down the right hand side sort of cost half a call all game it, it seemed um and yeah, I suppose the well, the equaliser then and then the the winner are both absolute crackers. Uh, the so the equaliser is Danny Handling, very aesthetically pleasing goal. This extremely aesthetically pleasing because it, the way that I mean it would have been aesthetically pleasing if because he sort of cuts with his right foot outside the box and and curls it, uh, and it would be aesthetically pleasing if it hit the top corner. But it's, I think more so that it goes over the keeper and almost drops right at the bottom corner. I love that. Love that. Um, so that was a, a made up for his, his comical own goal in the first half. Uh, and then uh, Ryan Shinley gets his, his hat-trick goal and, and the winner ultimately with a, a volley on his weaker foot. Um, also right into the, you know, the side net, or the, inside the side net. Um, and uh, yeah, just a, 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 two lovely goals to, to round off the, the day for Edinburgh. I, think, I mean, it seemed like they didn't really have any issue um, closing out the game after that. John Robertson also had a good game. Um, had a had a good chance after that for for Edinburgh, but, uh, but yeah, so it seems it seems sort of positive. Obviously, I mean, it, it's not really been the on the pitch stuff that's been an issue at any point this season for, for Edinburgh. They're having a cracking season, um, and and have been since the start. But if they can get both bits of the, of the club sort of facing the right direction, and you know the crowds are I think back up a bit because um, you know relatively speaking, um, because a lot of the the fans that had. Uh, I mean, you know, from what Alan was, was telling me, you know, the I think the fans had uh, quite a few points which they raised with the with the board, and and all of them really were, were dealt with uh, recently, but in in the statement so far as they can be. So, so yeah, so uh, a bit of fan engagement actually actually working, and, and we we even think Edinburgh sort of sit in the in terms of where they'll finish this season. I mean, they have to be thinking playoffs at this stage. That, that that's well. That's now third and equal on points with Falkirk. Um, I mean, they've. It, we've, I think we've said a few times, haven't it, that that last season them getting promoted was slightly out of kilter with some of their better teams in the past, and yet they seem to have taken to League One like duck to water. You know, I I, I just imagined that a lot of maybe internally the, the expectation of this season for at Edinburgh was to, to consolidate and become just a just a League One club. But at the moment you I think you'd be sitting back there and, and looking you know, it is fairly compact. You all know, oh, you know, they're sitting on twenty eight, Queen of the South and seventh on twenty two. But you know, so yeah, and they may they may, may still miss out on playoffs, but I, at this stage you'd be thinking a playoffs would be a yeah, I mean, a, a not a not disappointing season. They, they could, I mean, if they were to sort of accidentally get promoted, they could break in it. Would be the only thing. Like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say they're in any way ready to be the championship, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, they're they're going well. I mean, what do you think, Sean? In terms of I, the and Rangers? I think I'm going to have to rethink my stance on Edinburgh. So even even when they were doing quite well, I I still wasn't convinced that they would they would finish in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think they've kind of, I think there are kind of positives and negatives in terms of the makeup of the league when it comes to Edinburgh this season. I, I suppose they are unlucky at the fact that they've got Dunfermline and Falkirk uh, in, in the division at the same time. Uh, and I, I think what was what also would have went against them, or we thought would go against them, is the fact that we all thought League One was going to be really strong this season. So other than Dunfermline and Falkirk, who let's face it, they will be first and second. I'd be amazed if they weren't. You, you, you presumed that Montrose would be, pre- would be pretty good. You presumed that Airdrie, I might know as be as good without Ian Murray and Dalneeson, but you thought they'd be strong. You presumed that Queen of South would be there or thereabouts when it comes to the playoffs. You wondered, although Kelty seemed to just maybe didn't 
sell as many conservatories over the summer because they haven't they haven't spent as much. But you still thought Kelty might have had a decent enough squad to be certainly in the top half and, and challenging for the playoffs. But actually, a lot of those teams that I've just mentioned are nowhere near as strong as we as we thought they'd be. And you go through that Edinburgh team, and it's kind of all right. Like they maybe don't have like the greatest squad, but certainly in terms of a starting eleven. There is, there is like a decent team. They actually do have a, a, a decent League One team. I think the recruitment over the summer has has, has been okay. Uh, and I, I, I think as long as they don't play Queen of the South every week, uh, because they seem to absolutely leather them. And they have, they have they've struggled a wee bit against the, the better side, but that's that's only natural. As long as they can continue to churn out wins against the lesser lights in the league, then then I they probably should be there. And uh, to be fair. Like Aloha, Aloha aren't one of the lesser lights in the division. This is a really impressive result. If you're talking about teams going for the playoffs, if we're saying that Edinburgh are, then then by the same token, so are Aloha. And I didn't really, I didn't really fancy Aloha that much uh, this season either. But Brian Rice again has probably put together a decent League One squad, and even even guys like Connor Salmon, who what is thirty, I don't know, 34, 35 now, like he's having a, a decent season by his standards. So. I think both of these teams uh, will will be pushing for the playoffs. In terms of Edinburgh, I'm now I'm now starting to fancy them after after writing them off about two weeks ago. Fair play, fair play. Um, so that's uh, that's that game. So why don't we move on to our our last game, which uh, is Annan Athletic one, Elgin City three. Um, Oh, if you watch the highlights, I think it was actually uh, an athletic one, Elgin City one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Some uh, absolutely tremendous uh, camera work. I mean, fair enough enough for the the first goal, right? Because I think, no, not the first goal, uh, the the second goal um, from from Cameron, because he has a a fair whack uh, away from the goal. Obviously, it's not a particularly wide uh, range of camera. Uh, so fair enough, you missed that one. That, that's that's fine. But the 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 last goal is like a, a just because the I think what, <laughs> the defender sort of maybe looks like he's going to clear it, so the camera just like slowly pans away to like the halfway line. And <laughs> I, I, I I assumed it was a, a pixel yeah, 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 it's, 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 it's there a bald man kind of resetting it's, itself. It was either pixel up, which I presume it is, yeah. or just like an, an Anon fan that was absolutely <laughs> disgusted. Like, I'm not I'm not fucking watching but, this anymore. The, uh, the, what, what makes it better, I thought, with the third goal is that obviously the uh, the two commentators are a bit of a laugh anyway, uh, but because they're so disgusted, because well, it would appear. Uh, from what we could see, that was a pretty disastrous goal for Elgin to get, uh, for Anand to concede. Because of that, they don't actually say, "Oh, and you know, Elgin have scored." They just like silence, and then a few like disgusted comments afterwards. And you're like, "Oh, so, so they scored then, did they?" <laughs> and, and 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 then the, my favourite is the highlights finish with him, one of them just going, "Oh." <laughs> Which is just like, just incredible. If just you, like uh, just uh, basically how all highlights should end. See if, if your you, team uh, gets beat. See if you see if you ever watched. And I know like neither of you will ever have reason to watch Anon highlights, but that's just how that like they're just like that every single week. It's just a series of uh, exclamations and groans, uh, but they're uh, I, I really like them. I'm a big fan of them. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was like you know like Barry Davis used to like you know maybe like like the pictures talk and stuff and you know, just as a commentator you're know, something you don't need to always be speaking as TV and stuff but I think that and commentators need to realise that actually <laughs> don't, don't trust the camera work quite so much I maybe tell us what's going on describe everything in granular detail because you can't actually <laughs> can't actually see it we can't see it so so yeah but no, good good win for uh, for Elgin um, who seemed to be a bit resurgent Duncan yeah yeah that, I mean that's them up to third which is kind of unexpected and has been the first time they've been up that high at this stage in the season for quite a while. And even that, you know, was uh, the sixth um, win, league win of the season. Uh, it took them till February last season to get get to that stage. So there is there is progress, I think, but the, Elgin's progress is, is always quite... Uh, feels razor thin. You know, you, you, at the the squad. If you saw on on um, 
on Saturday, you know, that, that there was still three short in terms of numbers. So it really doesn't take much for, and that's that Elgin not really having carrying that many injuries at the moment as well. So, you know, they, they are carrying a light squad, which can be a problem and I suspect will be going into going into the, the, the winter months. Um, but so, it, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it never feels assured. You ne- there's never, it's been even the last decade, you know, that, that, that there's a, a feeling that, yeah, that this is our season, you know, that there's never really that uh, sense of belief, I suppose, in, in, in the team. But, so, but, so, so you saying like over the last like ten years or so, that's very rare for for Elgin fans to to think they have a chance of getting out of League Two because because well, obviously I'm, I'm not an Elgin fan, but generally and until, certainly until the last couple of years, I've always kind of thought Elgin would do okay. I think there's a a realism that that um, that goes through a lot of Elgin fans. I think I, I think the club. Has been very clever at tempering <laughs> any expectation. You know, every summer, um, Graham Tart as the chairman will come out and say, "Oh, <laughs> budgets, oh, the tight. You know, it's, it's difficult to get a player up here. You know, the recruitment's not. Uh, it, it's that sort of thing. If we get lucky, sort of. So there's never been a sense of um, that's that's transferred onto the fans in terms of expectation. Like you, know, that we're building. There's never been cash. You. Know, Splashed uh, at Elgin in any in any form, so it never feels like oh this is our season. And especially, I mean, probably each of the last eight or nine seasons, especially after Rangers left uh, the, the third division, um, there's there's always been a a big spending club. So there's, I think there's always been tempered as well. We're not going to be able to win the title, and then you know I think we've been to the playoffs four times in in twenty years, which is uh, or twenty two years, which is not ne- is not a, not a great record. And all the the, the team always seems to run out of a, a bit of steam. So it's it's a difficult one, but you would hope with if they can continue in the next few weeks, um, you know they've got I mean the Scottish Cup. You never know what what that could bring. I mean, they should beat Hillbeath Hawthorne on Saturday, uh, and then they've, then they've got uh, Stenny at home, which would hopefully be a win. And then they play Clyde in the Challenge Cup. So you know, you're starting to think maybe getting a bit of run together, maybe maybe a glamour tie in the in the quarterfinals. I think it would be the or is it already the quarterfinals? Yeah, of the the Challenge Cup. There might be other glamour ties in the core finals <laughs> challenge cup. You you might get to go. You might get to go away to Belfast. Oh, I think yeah, that's probably yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think there's an opportunity potentially in January to uh, to develop the squad further and maybe maybe actually try and consolidate and, and get up. I don't. I can't think. Elgin have finished second. Since the playoffs have gone to the new format, which would just give you a bit more of an advantage um, but, but, in the in the playoffs. The, um, the thing is, as well, so, so you, like you're talking about the fact that there's generally been like a, a big spending team in in the fourth tier in recent years, and, and you're absolutely right. The thing which is quite interesting about this season as well is a lot of the teams that you kind of presumed would would do quite well. So. Like most people, most people thought Forfa would be a playoff contender. They've been dreadful. Uh, most people thought Annan would be a playoff contender. They haven't been good at all, uh, and and Elgin dispensed with them uh, at, at the weekend fairly fairly comfortably. Uh, although I didn't think that Bonnerig would be there or thereabouts. They were again. They were. Certainly, some of the bookies they were the bookies' favourites to to win the title. So not only are there no kind of free spending clubs in League Two, a lot of the a lot of the kind of teams that all the kind of fancied sides are, are really struggling. So so suddenly that this feels like a massive opportunity for Elgin to I I I don't think they'll challenge for the title ultimately, but definitely finishing the playoff places. Yeah, I th- I think well I mean I, the, the club. As back Gavin Price again, you know he's been given an extended new deal as as have the rest of the backroom staff. You know he's been there 
five years now. How, so how, close, do you, a, how close do you think Gavin Price was to getting dispensed with last season? Because last season was pretty horrible for Elgin. Um, there was ne- there was ne- nothing ever rumored. If that makes it. like, I think that it's 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 a fairly modest club in that regard. In terms of they they don't tend to. Um, there hasn't been a turnover stat. You know, uh, Ross Jack was there almost five years as well. You know, like uh, and then Jim Jim Weir only left uh, to to go to to Forfar. Um, so I, there's not a it's not a trigger happy board. Um, I think they 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 uh, do appreciate loyalty and 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 see that as a as a two way kind of relationship. I think you know, um I think. Gavin Price has been discussed for other roles. I think. I think even when the the four for job came up recently, I think that, that there was there was chat about him and even the let's say the Sterling job as well, maybe because again he you know relatively speaking he lives in Aberfeldy. It's a uh, you know it's a it's a bit of a distance to to Elgin at the best of times. Gavin uh, Sterling would maybe a bit. Gavin Gavin Price follows me on Twitter and uh, appears to hate the Tories, judging by his uh, judging by his Twitter. So I I think he should have a job for life. What about uh, <laughs> that's a clanging about... drop there, Sean? Jeez, Gavin Price follows you. Oh. Really like... <laughs> what about Ed? What about Jim Weir? Like, does he deserve? Like, does he deserve a lot of the credit for? Because there has been a turnaround this season. There's no getting away from it. Uh, I. I'm not sure, to be honest, because again, you don't really know with, with with training twice a week. I think that just having more experience around the around the ground and, and, and around the team is helpful. Um, also, probably helps that Jim Weir is as fit as a butcher's dog in terms of being able to <laughs> probably jeez uh, up a, a number of players in terms of uh, getting them on side and getting their, their fitness tracked and things like that. Uh, Although I have to say that he had to, he, his, his bladder control is not once what, what it once was, as he had to um, come around the far side the other, the other week at Bonnie Rig to see the, the end of the match. He needed to go to the loo, uh, so he, he, you know, he didn't fancy uh, going for a pee run. Yeah, just keep it hydrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so um, he just he went for what? He went for a pish at the side of the park at Bonnie Rig. No, no, he came round the side. He came, he came through the away fans because like, at Bonnie Rig, the 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 dugouts are on the far side, so he uh, it was. You know, set set up for a blockbuster finish, and his, his bladder couldn't take it. So he was. Uh, I mean, he's a he's a man in the sixties, I think, what, late fifties, early sixties. You know, it's, uh, I'm surprised it doesn't happen to more managers, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think it, last year it was Steve Mackay who's now taking up a Highland League role. I that didn't that always seemed uneasy. Like it almost felt like uh, if, if things had gone awry that you, you, your, your replacement is right there sitting in the assistant manager seat. So but again, that could just be idle speculation and, and kind of making two and two and making, making five. But uh, it does, it does feel like the, that uh, Price and we have a, you know, had a previous relationship with Price being his assistant. Um, and it seems, to be, and Jim, we are obviously taking time off away from the game um, after after that carks and, and and seems to reevaluate his life and and he's certainly a lot calmer I would say as an assistant manager than he was uh, as a, as a manager which is which is probably something um, but yeah I think that there's there's potential there I think again eight eight points is quite a lot of ground to make up on on Sterling Albion but the there would be an achievement in being third and being best of the rest whether. Whether they can do that against the likes of East Fife um, is is questionable. And again, all it takes is someone like Annan uh, or you know Annan or Bonnie Rigg or Forfar. You know, even they can start taking points off other teams as well, which I think is going to that's going to be the kind of the litmus test for for how you do in League Two this season. I think is are you able to put away the supposed poorer teams and sitting at the bottom? But I could, yeah, I can still see. I could, I could, like, it depends. I think, having seen them in, in the flesh the other week, Bonnie Reg, I would be, they, they probably need to get some recruits in. And, you know, what people have been saying about them not looking particularly fit, I think that is a, that's a fair comment. They, like, too much flesh. I mean, it's, it's, ah, it's, so. it's, um, 
Bring in, uh, it's rich for me to be pointing out uh, anyone's <clears throat> uh, physiques, but uh, I was surprised, put it that way, by uh, by uh, some of the conditioning. Mm. I'm spend spend more money on players, less money on Jaffa cakes. That's what I'm pointing out <laughs> to do in in January. What about Anna? I mean, to just to touch on them, are they in relegation trouble? I'm pretty sure, Sean, you confidently predicted they would win the league. Um, yes, absolutely. Which... <laughs> and and their, their league cup form was tremendous yeah, as well. Like with yeah. the, there's, there's no getting away from it. And they did some just just I think they, uh, they scudded uh, Elgin in the league cup. Elgin went down to Galbank in July and got beat four nil. Um, but then Elgin have subsequently beat them five one and three one. So I'm not I'm not really sure I've... what that says about. And really, this season, and I think, in, in terms of in terms of players that they still have, that I would ex- expect to allow them to get out of trouble. So, as much as I I didn't like Chris Johnson at Starts Park, a, a fine, a, a decent player at League Two. Uh, I would say Tommy Goss is one of the better strikers in League Two. I think Tommy Muir is like a kind of decent option for them up top as well. Uh, I think I think I underestimated how much of a loss uh, Owen Moxon would be, who joined Carlisle. I mean, he was just a really, really good player. I uh, hadn't hadn't heard much of him since he went down south, but I, I checked recently, and he, he he seems to be playing every week for for Carlisle. Like I, I know they're in League Two; it's it's not a, a particular high level, but regardless, to kind of make well, the, Harry McCurdy did well there to, so, to make the transition so. from, but to make the transition from. SPFL League Two to, to English League Two and and to, to seeming to from seemingly like doing it quite uh, quite comfortably, he he's a massive loss to and I, I don't think they quite know how to how to fill that void. I suppose I I, I still think they'll have enough. I still think they're better than Bonnie Rig. Uh, you would expect that Forfar will get better under Ray McKinnon. Another I suppose another concern is that Albion Rovers, who I presumed they would finish bottom by default. Actually, don't seem as bad as as maybe I, I thought they would be. Certainly, by their standards, they they, they seem to be okay. Uh, so yes, I, I think as much as the like we all thought the top end, of the league two would be would very much be open this season, but the bottom uh, is is very open as well. Uh, I, I they're, they're probably in that they're probably in the mix. Put it that way. Nothing is then, but you know, after sort of thirteen years of them. You know, always been you know, you know, almost on the on the cusp of getting promoted. And if they go to leave the league the other way, it would be quite funny. <laughs> I would say, but uh, I think they're probably you know, they would they be. I, it strikes me as they're the sort of one of the a team that could get relegated, and I'll be obviously a team getting relegated is is a disaster. But it probably wouldn't necessarily be as big a disaster for them as it would be for other clubs for a variety of sort of geographical and maybe community and reasons and, and maybe you know, financially they're not maybe on the precipice like some other clubs are. Would that be correct? Or would, uh, would I, it be no, no, curtains? No, I think you no, I think you made a no, I think you make a valid point. And I, I think more importantly, uh, I there, there's certain teams that I just don't want to see get relegated. As much as I and as much as I think the uh, the kind of opening the leagues up and and kind of fumigating it and, and letting letting more teams in is a good thing. I, I I do think I should have the power of veto about who, yeah. who gets relegated and who doesn't. Kevin Meath should not have gone down, for example. Uh, uh, so kind of like teams like Kevin yeah. Meath and Berwick getting relegated, they're, they're yeah. really irritated me. Uh, Annan, yeah. I, I don't have anything against them, but if they were to mm. drop down, fine. Yeah, they'll be back up in you know, a couple of years, probably. You know, it's, uh, and obviously, Barnard and Rose would be another example of a team that would, you know, just if they went back where the game from, then they'd probably just be the best team in, in the only league again, um, with the exception of the Mighty Rangers B, of course. But um, anyway, <laughs> why don't we uh, leave that there? Uh, and uh, we could round off today's podcast by looking ahead to this weekend's games. I think Anna actually have a, have a league game um, against Stranraer, but most of the other lower league sides are involved in the third round Scottish Cup action. Um, so there's a variety of, of, uh, of ties there. Sean, what ties are you uh, most looking forward to and are there any shocks on the cards you reckon uh, I I was, I was trying to look for specifically for shocks and I found this quite difficult I know we kind of mentioned this just before the side and you what you said was absolutely right there's you and there's a lot of ties where you think well, that might be a shock if only it was reversed like if the if the smaller team were, were at home so uh, 
I think there's loads of interesting ties. I there's certain games I would like to be a shock, but I'm not entirely sure that they will be. I uh, I'm quite I'm quite jealous about Falkirk fans getting to travel up to Wick. Like Wick is just a brilliant brilliant away day. Uh, I love traveling up there a, a, a few well, a few years ago. It's about ten years ago now. Uh, so was that was that not was that not pre season or was it early early in the season or was it? It was uh, Grant Murray's first ever game, uh, competitive game. It was a Challenge Cup first round tie. Four uh, two Wraith Rovers, uh, comprehensive, absolutely swatted them aside. Uh, I suspect a bit. I, sp- I suspect a bit of difference between uh, July and uh, the last weekend in November. Uh, do, in well, Wick, just but- just to make you aware, it was the heaviest rain I've ever seen. <laughs> in July, uh, but no, I, I, I do think I do think Falkirk got through that comfortably. Uh, another game that I would like to see a shock, but I don't think it will be. <sighs> Fraser Barrard Broth. I, I think there is there is an there is an element of me that thinks this might be a shock, and the reason is that Dick Campbell has a tendency to, when he plays maybe a, a kind of lesser team in a cup or a, a, a kind of smaller team in, in a cup, he will rotate. If he does do that, bear in mind that both are going through a really sticky patch at this moment in time, uh, then there is a chance for Fraser Burrard. However, the only thing I would say is Fraser Burrard beat uh, Stranraer in the last round. <clears throat> Great result for them. However, the were, from watching the highlights, I thought they were pretty fortunate. Like Stranraer looked like they were uh, the better team on the day. Stranraer aren't as good as Arbroath, so you would expect Arbroath to... To, to, to come out on top but considering how poor our growth have been uh, considering uh, the fans seem to be certainly the online fans to be fair seem to be swinging towards uh, thinking that Campbell is his is jacket's on a, a kind of shugly peg it, it would be very funny very funny if our growth lost this one however the game the game I'm going to go for is and I do think they have a chance here uh, University of Stirling to beat Albion Rovers. Now, actually, Albion, as I just mentioned, I actually think Albion Rovers are, are decent by their standards this season uh, and actually in half-decent form at this moment in time. However, University of Stirling have got a, a number of good young players uh, in the squad at the moment. They've won their last five games. I think they might now be second in the lone league. They're only a couple of points behind uh, the rampaging uh, Rangers B team, albeit they've played uh, two games more. So I, I, I think, uh, I, I think University of Stirling have a they have a chance in this round. If it's going to be a shock, I would edge towards that one more than any more than any other tie. There's there's also the uh, rare opportunity to to do a two two games in one day at the same stadium if if, if people are that. That inclined on uh, with Hamilton versus East Kilbride, then you can go on the the world tour of uh, Hamilton supermarkets and, and come back for Clyde Dumbarton at uh, seven forty five. Which um, I, you know, someone Duncan, I, as enticing as that sounds, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to say no. Okay, I, well, I'm 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 off to Hillbeath Hawthorne uh, against Elgin City on on Saturday. Uh, new ground for me. Uh, I think it should be quite. Interesting. I, uh, who knew that that Cowdenbeath arguably had a second team? Or, uh, is this uh, is, is Hillbeath de- separate from Cowdenbeath, John, or is this? Um, I you know, is it, uh, yeah. so I would. So bear in mind, I'm from Fife. However, my Fife geographical knowledge is so poor. I kind of thought Hillbeath was more towards Dunfermline rather than Cowdenbeath. Albeit Cowdenbeath is quite close to Dunfermline. I would have had it closer to Dunfermline, yeah. I, but I could very much be wrong. Okay, as well, I'll, I'll, I'll um, do some investigations while I'm out on. While I'm out on Saturday, no, but yeah, no, as you said, you and the others, mm. there's just not you know even you know Wraith, if that if that game had been away, talking Lek or uh, I don't know, yeah, even Darville hosting Montrose, with you know you're starting to think maybe, but there's just there's just not. You could maybe argue for Martin against uh, Steny, but again, it's it's difficult. You know, Steny haven't had a. Great record in the Scottish Cup, and especially against. Why did you say that, like Tony the uh, Tiger? What <laughs> the word great? Great. <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I didn't mean to, so, um, but uh, I'll have to watch out for that now. I'm now really self, now Sorry. conscious of it. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, yeah, Steny have been so up and down this season that you they could I could easily see them going away and, and winning four 0 but also it wouldn't surprise me to see them knocked out by for Martin. Hmm. Yeah, you can see the uh, the Jim Baxter statue in, in Hillbeath. 
that's uh, oh. that's a, a landmark. Because uh, I mean, from there. Well, yo. Or was from there. I will go and take uh, a picture. I think uh, I think Scott Brown's fed. Yeah, think Scott Brown's for Halloween show. I don't think he has a statue yet. Uh, but yes, and, and yeah, hopefully he get one. Um, yeah, I would say the game I'm, I'm most looking forward to is a, and hopefully attending childcare dependent, we shall see, uh, is almost uh, Rose against Saki Juniors, because it, well, it's local oh, for yes. me. Um, and albeit, I, I don't expect a shock in that I, I would expect Melissa Rose to, to win there. So it's first against third in the East of Scotland League. Um, so uh, but the Lisco Rose have been going uh, great guns this season. Uh, they've they've not lost in the last eighteen games, um, and not that many draws. I mean, well, they actually drew with Hillbeath uh, at the start of the month, uh, three all. But uh, they score loads of goals. Lisco Rose, loads of goals, um, and uh, they're, they're so they're top of the the, the league at the moment. Uh, Hillbeath are third, um, so I rather Shockey Juniors are in third. Um, so, so yeah, first against uh, against third and North Rose are home. So uh, hopefully North um, Rose, as far as I'm concerned, by that. But even if they don't, they'll still be an East of Scotland uh, team in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And I, so I, I know there'll probably be like I know there'll be a lot of people saying, "Oh, it'll be great if like an East of Scotland team like got I don't know like Celtic or Rangers." No, I, I hope an East of Scotland team get uh, Wraith Rovers at Starts Park and we crush them. <laughs> well, I hope I hope uh, the the Rosie Posey get Ruth Rovers at uh, at Prestonfield and, and stuff you. Um, well, well, there that, you go. Everybody's different. Yeah, I went to uh, uh, and, and then and then Monday and Monday night. Uh, we, what do we have uh, up against the? Uh, we've got um, Air United at home to to Pollock uh, again. If only it'd be another way about televisions Pollock. Um, Television's Pollock, but you up again, up again. You could you could be watching um, Portugal versus Uruguay, but I think I know what I'll be. Uh, they sacked the uh, yeah, yeah, Pollock's manager. This that was that seemed out of the blue. Yes, well, be it. I've only seen them play in, on television in the Scottish Cup, and they've seen to quite well. <laughs> <laughs> presumably, <laughs> presumably the other games are not so not so good. Uh, they're just like. Yeah, Tele- Televised West of Scotland League. That's what that's <laughs> yeah, what Paul could call them for. Yeah. Um, well, thanks. Well, we shall we shall leave it there, gentlemen. Thank you for uh, giving. I mean, we we have all collectively missed Jason Cumdingo Cummings playing in the World Cup, so we could record this podcast. So I uh, appreciate all of your uh, your sacrifices uh, there, and uh, I know that we will speak to you all soon. I think we're going to record a Patreon episode. Um, about the dessert sacking of Giovanni Van Rockhurst. So if you're so inclined, you can subscribe to the Patreon and uh, listen to that. Me celebrating uh, that news. Um, and but yeah, we'll, we should leave it there. So thanks for your time, gentlemen. And uh, we shall speak to you all again soon. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.